If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Is it done? It's time and I hear that you. Thank you. I'll do that after the show. Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh my, this seems very serious. That breath she took made me kind of make her hurt. I just totally hurt. fucking ruined it. She laughed. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I went. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll be going. Hi, everybody. It's all the sounds that Stop you that. hate. This, no, this all is going in. No. <laughs> we had like 15 people just like turn off their I'm so sorry, podcast. Hi, Marleya. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Hi Courtney. Courtney. Hi, y'all. Mm. How you doing? That was a good sip. Oh, yes. it was a good sip. I like that. Mm, I like the sound of that. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about the drink first because okay. it is delicious. So refreshing. It's so refreshing. Anytime you're working outside. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's what I crave the most mm. on a good summer day. Been working in the garden today. It's not quite summer. It's kind of cool. But either way. Right. Michelada. Homemade, though. I use Modelo. Love it. One of my favorites. Modelo beer. And it usually calls for Clamato. I'm not a fan of Clamato. What is mm-hmm. Clamato? It is clam juice and tomato juice together. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? In this drink, I might could do it. I've it's had like it before. The, well, and it's kind of like how, you know, Freddie and Reiner do Make Bloody them. Marys mm-hmm. with leftover um, shrimp boil mm-hmm. juice. Oh, okay. And so it's like, I guess a lot of it has like fishy in it. Yeah, yeah. there's a seafood element to several Bloody Mary kind of drinks. Mm-hmm. So basically, this is a beer Bloody Mary. Right. So I use some of the mixing things. The last of that um, filthy. So there's mm. that. Um, you probably have the horseradish, horseradish in here. But essentially a michelada, chilada, beer, a lager, Mexican usually, fresh lime juice, some kind of tomato, something, mm-hmm. clamato, clamato, if you like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, like a salt or tahine rim. So that's what we have tahine on here. It is fresh lime. Very refreshing. I mean, I can put these down. And they mm-hmm. sell, Modelo sells a brand. And mm-hmm. everybody who mm-hmm. knows me knows this. In the summer, you will see me. They sell 16 ounce chiladas. Road tripping. We went to New Orleans. Yep. Yes. And they're good. If you Did you try it? That I don't time? think I yeah. tried it. I don't love them, but I like this. Okay. So, I mean, you know, when you can't make your own, there right. are some that you can pick up. And it, yeah, it's light. Them. It's yeah. lighter than the um, Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, it's got that refreshing. I know. Yeah, it's a quicker drink. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a speedier. It is a speedier drink. We'll have to. <laughs> uh, all right, I got a, a bit of a long intro today because I was thinking. Oh wait, wait! Oh, before you do that, we oh. need to do baby name reveal. Oh yes, <laughs> baby name We're reveal. We're doing baby reveals. We have Surprise! baby name reveal. <laughs> Somebody's having a baby. <laughs> oh, Claudia. It was Claudia. She already had it. <laughs> the doll. Somebody had an evil baby. <laughs> Oh, she's gone. She's upstairs. She huh? stays in the liquor cabinets where she's happy. Yeah. Yeah. We don't chance she's that. Upstairs. She is upstairs with her baby. Well, if, if y'all didn't listen to last week's episode, shame on you. And also, <laughs> when we were at our live show, oh. we had a little jar of, uh, of you know, wishes and, and curses um, yeah. to the dolls. 
And uh, but we're asking people to name Claudia's baby, which is really the thing that's haunted about Claudia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we we got a lot of recommendations. We read some of them on the show last week. And mm-hmm. I think we've finally come to a decision. We have. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Clementine. Yay! Yay! Clementine. <laughs> I wasn't going to try to time that. Claudia and Clementine. Clementine. So hold on. Let me tell you who's who we have who's, to thank for this recommendation. And my internet's out. Of course, all I've been singing is, oh, my darling, oh, my darling, oh, my darling. Yes, I should have had that prepped already. Also me. Also me. I did not. So that will appear in next episode. Or we can just say pause, Randy. (laughs) Yes, pause. I almost have it. Hold on. All right, Randy, turn it back on. Unpause. We found the name. Who provided us with the name? Clementine. Martha. Well, shout out to Martha. Martha, thank you. I didn't want to say last names. No, we shouldn't say last names. Yeah. Keep that private. Well, I mean, they know our last names. Well, then we, we kind of... I'm just kidding. Want us. <laughs> thank you, Martha. Thank you so much, Martha. We have Claudia and Clementine. Mm-hmm. We'll be Good call. them to a show near you next time. <laughs> there you go. We're on the road. All right. So I, I want to... baby. I want to spend a little time... Um, talking about our patreon because um we haven't done any shout outs in a while and we've got some some good patrons we've got some longtime patrons we've got some patrons that are like the sasquatch squad sassy sasquatch i forgot what i called it it's sasquatchy something Mm -hmm. before i talk about that also i have been obsessing over this uh what do you call them Social media, they're not an influencer, I guess. They're just a personality that's on the socials and stuff. But his name is Landon and it's at Landon Talks. And on YouTube, it's at Landon Talks a lot. And he's from Laurel, Mississippi. And he is like the Southern hippie Jesus that we all need. Mm -hmm. And he goes and he has like this really great, like low key voice, but he talks about all things like southern southern etiquette like everything all the nuances of being southerner and growing up southerner he talks about and it is so on the nose and it is so fantastic and i just like every time he has a new video i'm just obsessed following him so if you do follow him on all the things it's at landon talks and then on youtube is at landon talks a lot follow him on youtube so he can monetize that shit I think he's like an art uh, teacher for like middle school or elementary school or something like that. So, you know, he needs money, (laughs) Uh, especially in Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, But it's really fantastic. So follow him and just enjoy. It is so good. So I wanted to shout out to our patrons on Patreon who are keeping the lights on, basically keeping uh, us on the Internet radio And I am just going to say your first name and start from like the people who are our sassy Sasquatch squad, whatever the fuck I called (laughs) y'all. And we had a new one, a new person sign up, new patron. It's uh, Keshley. Keshley. Sorry if I'm fucking up your name. You know, I'm going to fuck up your name. (laughs) This is Patrice talking, right? Uh, Lisa, Madison, Catherine, Kenneth. Thanks, Kenneth. Uh, Charlotte, Jenna, uh, Peta, Angela, Jen, 
Alexandra, Alex, Christine, Ruby, Jeff, Melanie, Courtney, Beth, Mary Beth, Les Represents Podcast, Christina, Marcy and Mariah, Drayton, my brother, uh, Amy, Noel, Philip, Kellyanne, of course, our number one fan and uh, president of the fan club, Brandy, <laughs> and Paige and Todd. So thank y'all so much for your continued support for all you who want to give uh, and help provide funds to keep us going and moving forward and presenting bigger and better things that we do have planned. You can go to patreon.com slash the strange south podcast. I really fucking don't know if that's the address, but you know what? <laughs> if you like, if, if you like, you know, Google that, it's going to come up somewhere. <laughs> so just go look for the Strange South on Patreon. You'll find it. Go to our website. There's a link there. Um, there's a link in our uh, link tree from the socials. So you can find it if you try a little bit. Not hard. And that's all I have for the intro. Yay. Thank I've you. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm like, turn it off. <laughs> Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. All right. I'm going to sit back. Sit back and relax because I am going to take you on a journey into the fucked up rabbit hole <laughs> that can only be my last minute research. <laughs> I've got about three things I want to talk about all, which could have been an episode, but no, I put them all together and I am just going to travel down this Terrapin Creek of, of Terrapin. Yeah, I'm not talking about the Terrapin. Oh. <laughs> Although I really could. I was thinking, what's the local creek? Terrapin Creek. And just, you know, without a paddle. Kind of down. And when I, I was like, I need to come up with the title, but this is too fucking long to put on our socials. But this is what I'm going to say. This title of this episode is Oxford Sinkholes, Mysterious Mounds, and Tall Tales Unearthed. Whoa. What started this journey, I found, uh, I had to turn in my library books, and there's some stories that I was looking at through those library books, and I, like, took pictures with my phone so that I could actually have them, because, of course, like, I've had all year with the library books <laughs> from JSU, but then I'm like, oh, God, I need them now, and it's like the day I got to turn them in. <laughs> so I took photos, and I found this uh, tale, and I'm just going to read you the tale it's um, from Myths and Legends of Our Own Land by Charles M. Skinner, published in 1896. All right. So I changed some of the language of this because it needed to be a little bit less misogynistic and derogatory. Oh, yeah. As a lot of the uh, tales told by white men in 1896. <laughs> so this is the Swallowing Earthquake. Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I have nothing to say. <laughs> I have nothing to say about this title. <laughs> Gonna drink my Misha Ladanky Mama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, I wish I really had a straw so I could just like. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's a long, crazy straw that long, reaches all the way from yes. the table over. So the Native American, uh, the Mashogi Creek Nation. Let me just talk. So I like put in all of these these words here because it was basically like the Indian village, right? But it really was the Mashogi Creek Nation that was living here. So they had a village, apparently, in 1765 that stood just below the site of Oxford, Alabama. So anyway... They were upset when the news was given out. And y'all, I'm reading this verbatim from this story because like 1896 or whatever, the copyright is what it, but I wanted you to hear like how this is told. So I'm going to shut up and and say it now. (laughs) So they were upset when the news was given out that two of their tribe women had given simultaneous birth to a number of children that were supposedly spotted like leopards. What? Uh. So I was like, okay, that's really weird. So instantly got on Google, looked it up, and it's actually, it is a thing that happens. It's called congenital dermal melanocytosis, whatever it says. Something in the melanin. Yeah, melanoma stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And this actually happens to dark-skinned babies of all races. Uh, and, and up to like 80%, actually. like So it's very common. Uh, spots are caused by like the concentration of pigmentation, pigmented cells. And they usually disappear in like the, four, the first four years of life. So this is like not an uncommon thing. But they thought they looked like leopards, right? And so such an incident betokeneth, betokened the existence of some baneful spirit among them that had no doubt leagued itself with the women who were at once tried on charges of witchcraft, which also is a red flag here because Native Americans did not try people on witchcraft. Okay. And they were convicted uh, and sentenced to death at the stake. Again, not a Native American thing that I can find. While a watch was uh, set on the infants, so early orphans, lest they too should show signs of the malevolent possession. The whole tribe, 1,700 in number, assembled to see the execution, but hardly were the fire alight when the sound like a thunder rolled underneath their feet, and with a heinous crack and groan, the earth opened, and nearly every soul was engulfed in a fathomless and smoky pit. All. What? All indeed, save two, for a couple of young warriors who were on the edge of the crowd flung themselves flat on the heaving ground and remained there until the earthquake wave had passed. The hollow afterwards filled with water and was called Blue Pond. It is popularly supposed to be the fathomless, to be fathomless, but it was shown that a forest once spread across the bottom when in a few years ago, a great tree arose from the water, lifting first its branches, then turning so it showed its roots above the surface and afterward disappeared. What? I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that last, like, that's how the story <laughs> ends. I'm just none like, of that makes sense. None really. of it makes sense. So, yeah. you know, yeah. basically, it's just, it's a tall tale. <laughs> They're making up bullshit. However, Blue Pond 
is a real thing. Well, was the witch trial burning part made up too? I would think so. Okay. Because, you know, like, I was reading. I, mean, I know the Native I was like, Americans might not have done it, but the white people may have burned well, the stake. You know what? That that could have been. That could have been something. But again, they don't. You know, witchcraft. Most people were hung yeah. instead of burned, and mm-hmm. also By that late eighteen hundreds. Yeah. So this was like a lot of this is made up. And I was looking up. I was like, well, how did Native Americans deal with like evil possession and stuff? And I was like, well, they kind of like sweated it out, yeah. right? And they like smudged. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they did things that were not murder. Murder. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like murder. It was not like murder. Right. I looked up. I was like, OK, so, you know, the leopard babies, the people, the, the leopards looking skin of the babies. I looked that up for different like I was like, well, maybe this is like a, a folklore thing that happens. And I couldn't find any like uh, American folklore or any more native folklore that may be out there, like I said. You know, this was like done short research. But there is a Nigerian folktale about a child named um, Ohola, Ohala, uh, with spotted skin. So it's from the Yoruba people of Nigeria. And it's basically, they were like, you know, he was born with spotted skin. He became this like skilled um, hunter and protector of the village. And it was like lessons on tolerance and acceptance mm-hmm. and like how... The thing that makes you unique, you know, makes you extra special, right? But anyway, so there's so many things going on here. I was just like, my brain was just like going, what is going on? But then we know what's going on, right? But then I start to dissect this a little bit more. I'm like, okay, so no blue pond is a thing. And it talks about earthquakes in Alabama. And we've talked about earthquakes with the New Madrid Fault in episode 122. And I'm like, Surely, do we have earthquakes down here? And we do. So 20 years ago, we had like a 4.6 magnitude earthquake up at Fort Payne, Alabama. And then 10 years ago in Oxford, we had a 2.3 magnitude um, earthquake. So that was all. I mean, even though I did that episode, that was kind of like, I don't remember that. So Hmm. it does happen. But also, there's been a number of sinkholes in Oxford. And if you look at Blue Pond, which interestingly enough, Blue Pond is right behind Romero Equerbo in Oxford. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, weird. And it looks like a sinkhole if you look at it. So if you're go, I don't think you can see it from the interstate when you go between Birmingham and uh, Atlanta. But it is really literally right off the interstate. And I what think. What the hell? Right. And, and the blue pond. It's just a big hole. It is just a big hole. I'm looking at it on Google Maps. Yeah. You can see it plain, it's plain like as day. It's a fucking neighborhood. It's like just. And I think that. I know there's that these residential streets. And then there's this area. giant hole in the middle. And I think that neighborhood is like called Blue Pond. Oh, my God. What the hell? So sinkholes are. Very common in the area, um, especially when you have like limestone, carbonate rock and salt beds like we had in episode 25 in Lake um, Paneer. And Lanier is Lake Lanier. That's in in Georgia. Oh, you're talking about the one that was the the backwards tornado thingy that like the whirlpool thing. Is that the one you're thinking? of? Yeah. The one where the river flew of the river. When it flowed backwards. Flowed backwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that was because of the salt mine that collapse right and it's when basically groundwater dissolves that very porous rock and then all of a sudden something 
like tips it over, gets too heavy, and then it just crumbles underneath. And we live in a world of limestone around here. Alabama is actually home to the golly hole. Have we talked about the golly hole? <laughs> no. Golly? Like golly G? Like golly like G. Glory hole. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it is a sinkhole near Calera, and uh, some geologists consider it to be the largest in the country. Oh, my God. It is estimated. I'm going to look it up. The estimations kind of vary, but they think like around 325 to 400 feet in diameter. So the U.S. Geology Survey say that there are like several ancient sinkholes, uh, two recent man-made sinkholes that are larger than the Golly Hole and Calera. (laughs) But the the purest sinkhole people um, believe it's definitely a contender. The USGS also notes Alabama is one of seven states where sinkholes cause the most damage. The top states with the highest number of sinkholes formations are Alabama, Florida, Texas, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Pennsylvania. California. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Um, and there's I just a. I feel like they're always falling off the edge of. The I think that's more continent. like erosion. <laughs> I always hear. I always heard sinkhole stories in Florida. Florida, Florida well, was yes. like the Swamp. big. That makes yeah. sense. There's a map that I found on the website that kind of shows like the swaths of like the different kinds of rock formations that cause sinkholes. Um, across uh, the country and it's really interesting because you can see like a swoosh it's like there's no like patches it's like swooshes and there's like a swoosh that goes down right towards uh, meridian who had like uh, the sinkhole at the waffle house <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it fell the cars fell in yeah cars everything. like people yeah. were eating and like all of their cars fell, fell in this sinkhole. but actually i don't think that was because of um natural i think that was because like a, a culvert got washed out or something like that Anywho, all kinds of things get swept up in sinkholes like garages, trees, forests, dams, cars, all, all the things. People, no, there's really, I haven't, I have not found like too much, too, of, many. too many, like of people like being in trouble in a sinkhole. Uh, but, you know, they're happening all the time. And uh, 2012, their westbound traffic was like closed near the Oxford exit because a sinkhole had opened up on the interstate and they had to fix it. On I-20? On I-20. I don't remember that. I vaguely remember. It was around Heflin, Heflin area. Huh, weird. So while I was reading this, this kind of jogged my memory about something when I first moved here, hearing about the Oxford Exchange. And our friend Brooklyn from JSU, when we first started the podcast, told me about this. She's like, you really need to talk about this or maybe not. She's like, because it's messy and it's so shady. And oh, yeah, it's political. And very. it's so political. Yeah, I know what you're going to talk about. So I am not an investigative reporter. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about is just shit I read from the newspapers. And I will put all my links to all the things. Um, but I do want to talk about this because I feel like if you're traveling from Birmingham to Atlanta, which is a really busy highway in the south, a lot of times you will be traveling that road. You can just like look off to um, the right or the left, however you're you're traveling and see about this and know about this. Like I said, also, I was thinking you could see Blue Pond maybe in the wintertime, but maybe not. You could see it from the highway. But I also want to talk about what used to be Signal Mountain. And this story has... um, a lot of people 
like still outraged about it. Uh, it's kind of calmed down now. And I went out there uh, when I went to Sam's today and took a picture because I've seen the pictures of Signal Mountain while this was going on. And I remember Brooklyn talking about it or not while it was going on, like right after it happened. It had a lot of people, still had a lot of people outraged, but it's kind of also like, what the fuck can you do? The story was written up in the Aniston Star, the Birmingham News, Tuscaloosa News, Washington Post, (laughs) San Diego Union Tribune, Vice wrote a story on it, New York Times, and I'm really surprised that it wasn't international, but it wasn't. And if it was, I didn't find international papers that talked about it. All right. So in 2009, city leaders of Oxford, Alabama, approved the destruction of a 1,500-year-old Native American ceremonial mound on top of Signal Mountain. And they were using the dirt to fill in like the parking lot, I believe, for the new Sam's Mm -hmm. Club. They were making a parking lot. They were making a parking lot and they were using the dirt from this area for that. And of course, you know, it's like, where could they not have gotten dirt from any other? I mean, come on. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's there's a lot of, of rage and dumbassery to go around here. So the University of Alabama, they brought, they actually did bring them in, the archaeological, archaeological team. They did a report that the city commissioned, and they stated at first that the site was historically significant as the largest of several ancient stone and earthen mounds throughout the Chakalaka Valley. But then they flipped later on and for whatever reason stated that, no, it was not man-made, that it was a natural mound. So tribal advocates and state officials said a large stone mound that tops the 200-foot rise was put there like a millennium ago by a, a Native Americans during, you know, and for religious observation or observance. and. You know, it's very similar to rock mounds found up and down the eastern seaboard. And the historians said the likely, you know, dates for this happening was during the woodland period that ended in 1000 A.D. So a Jackson University anthropologist, Harry uh, Holston. Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. Thank you. What did I say? Jackson. Sorry. So, yeah, I know. I know Harry Holston. Yeah. 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 He, you know, had been going down there since the early 80s. And he's like, this stone mound very well could be 1500 years old or older. And like I said, he'd been he's been down there like for over a decade or more studying it uh, in the area because this is was a prevalent Creek Indian site. And the reason he didn't record anything, and I'm sure he's probably kicking himself for not doing that, but it was during the 80s. And there was a lot of looting and people taking up, just going up there and taking up stuff anyway. During this time, in place in the government was a seven-term mayor by the name of Leon Smith, who the parkway... He's got a parkway Parkway. now. Who the parkway that cuts right by the mound is named after. And I just want to give you some quotes that I found. I didn't know about him or any of this going on. Like I said, this was like right before we moved here. Or maybe a little, yeah, right before we moved here. But <laughs> he was he was quoted as saying, it's the ugliest old hill in the world. It's just a pile of rocks is all it is. What's going to be is more prettier than it is today. So, 
Yeah. So Damn, parking lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. It's glorious. It's glorious. Uh, if you really want like a detailed covering of this during the time, uh, there's a website, deepfriedkudzu.com. Ginger, the woman who runs it, did a really good job of like putting pieces together from the different newspapers and from going out there and taking pictures and talking with people who were signing petitions and protesting uh, of the construction. The city product manager, prod, product project manager, Fred Den- Denny, said officials plan to remove the top of the hill eventually to create an elevated eight-acre site that would overlook the Chakalaka Valley and the city of Oxford. The mayor said it would be a beautiful view. The mayor also envisioned a motel or restaurant atop of the hill. So this all happened like July, starting in July uh, 2009, where the public became aware of what was happening, of the, seeing the dump trucks up there filling with dirt and going to the parking lot and dumping. And from what I've read, the government the, um, of Oxford were blatant about it. Be like, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going to fill in the parking lot. And then as soon as the protests started happening and the petitions started happening, they kind of changed their tune to more of denial yeah. than actually just kind of flagrant, like we're doing it anyway. But it was still happening. And then by January of 2010, Holston went up there. And he had been constantly advocating for the Hills preservation. And he said that nobody said anything, but they're like, it was, everything was gone. It's like he went up there in January, like six months later, the hill was gone. All the little building, the stone structure. And you can see the stone structure and some of the, um, some of the photography that they took uh, before or like right during when all the protests and stuff happened. But like right afterwards, it's just flattened. He's like, there's tire tracks. There's nothing going on. And they basically denied saying that we had nothing to do with this. We don't know who did it. The mayor said the mound was not man-made and was used only to send smoke signals. University of Alabama. It doesn't have anything to do with whether it's man-made or not, for one thing. I know. It kind of makes it sound man-made when you say it like that. I think that if uh, somebody sent a smoke signal. Just right. Like, so you said it was only used a, man, uh, a person, a human. Right. <laughs> um, but if you look at it, it definitely, I mean, come on. Okay. So anyway, the University of Alabama's archaeologist or University of Alabama's archaeologist wrote a new report deciding that the pile of rocks was not man-made at all. But by this point, it was kind of like, you know, the horse had already left the barn. This was like after the site had been bo- uh, bulldozed by who knows. Because nobody, nobody like owned up to it. And they actually have a report, but the newspapers could not obtain the report because I think it was, what is it, a NDR? Oh, yeah, NDA, yeah. An NDA of the report. So they were like legally bound not to share the report. The Alabama Historical Commission disagreed, however, with the university. So they're fighting like after the fact, they're still fighting about this. Alabama Historical Commission disagreed with the university's Office of Archaeological Research and noted that the structure meets at least three criteria uh, for inclusion in the National Registry of Historic Places, at the very least. And I remember, so all of this had already happened a couple of years before 
I knew anything about it. And Brooklyn was like, yeah, she's like, one day it was like you could see a little bit. And, and like the next day, there's like just flat, ugly, bald spot up there. And she's like, it is so hinky. It is so shady. Um, you should follow that. And I was like, OK. And so there's like some really good pieces from the Aniston Star, especially following the money. So let's talk about some of the money that was associated with the site. So in Alabama, the CDA, which is the um, Commercial Development Associations, they use taxpayer money and assets to attract businesses. However, they are exempt from bid laws. So they don't have to, like, take the lowest bid. They can just basically hire whoever they want to. Oxford CDA board members and their actions were connected to Mayor Smith's political fundraising. Because three board members or their employers contributed to Smith's campaign, Abernathy and Timberlake, an investment group out of Georgia, bought the land for, I think they said like around $10 million, but they had previously donated like $1,000 to Smith's re-election campaign in 2004, which still, I don't know when all of this development started, but that is reasonable in like the time frame of when all of this would yeah. start to be talked about and planned. Taylor Corp., which was the general contractors and owner Tommy Taylor, donated 1000 to Smith in 2004 and 1000 in 2008. And Mayor Smith has, has quoted saying that Tommy is a good friend. Uh, Montgomery-based Goodwin Mills and Cavwood, which is the engineering and architecture firm, donated 500 to Smith in 2004. So 2004 must have been like the big year when things were coming together and they were planning. So like, was it just an election year? Is that uh, it was an election like, year. During that time during, yeah, I would think so. But uh, it might sound like, I'm not saying they did this, but potentially an election year. It's like, hey, if you're wanting this mm -hmm. to be able to build this new thing we're going to do, mm -hmm. here's what you, can do. you want me to be yeah. the next mayor. If you want me to slide everything through easily for I'm you. I'm not saying anyone did that, but that's what No, that's what politics. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's politics, right? I mean, and in real life. And in like, real life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all know We're it's... We're going to build it's, this big thing and we need uh, builders and architects and right. landscapers. And we have a no bid law thing, so we don't have to like, you know, concede to the lowest bid. So it's basically our call or my call. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but you know, it's the South. It's the good old boy system. Uh, so the 2.6 million no bid CDA contract for preparing the SAM site was given to Taylor Corp and all the funds, you know, like everything was rewarded to the people that donated. Uh, the Denny, Denny stated that the CDA paid his company $45,000 for engineering work, including payment to the University of Alabama. Uh, to study the American Indian site. So it was studied beforehand. They said, yeah, it's a large, big thing. Something happened. And then they came back and said, nah, it's just like rocks that are already there. So bringing the governor into this, uh, Tommy Taylor, who's the friend of the mayor, contributed $1,000 to the governor, Bob Riley's 2006 gubernatorial campaign, while Goodwin Miles and Cavwood, Cowwood, I don't know how you say that, contributed 1500 the reason that's significant is because the petitioners, the tribe elders, I don't know if the elders, the tribe people, 
And the people who were petitioning to save the mountain went to the governor and said, can you intervene? And the governor was like, there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. <laughs> um, and so that's why they were following the money that, there. So they demolished it. The parking lot was filled. Sam's Club opened. I went there today, took a picture of the mound. Then it is all tree covered. So they haven't done anything with it, but where they flattened it, it's just nothing but forest right now. So in 2018, a new park in Oxford opened, the Chocolaka Park, and it became part of a trail seeking to remember Alabama's history of indigenous people. Members of the Muskegee Creek Nation joined Oxford's uh, city officials in the cutting of the ribbon on a large mound that was rebuilt at Chocolaka Park. And is there a second mound there? I feel like there's more there's, than one mound. I think there is. I think there's two. two. Yeah. So this is what it says. But when I looked at the I overhead, it. it's pretty. I, I saw like the big, the big mound there in the middle, and said both mounds at the park comprise the Chakalaka Archaeological Complex, or that comprise the God, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Chakalaka Archaeological Complex, including the kiosk telling the history. Anyway, they took parts of the stones from up at the top of Signal Mountain, and they used it to reconstruct a fake mound over in the middle of a pretty park. And then the other mound that is there was actually another earthwork that was rebuilt with a bulldozer in 1950s. So neither one of the mounds there are actually legitimate mounds. No. They're re they're the recreations in the exact spots where they needed to be. I was a little surprised when they opened that that there were I mean, I guess I'm not, not I guess if you're a tribes member, it's like anything that they're gonna do that's gonna be respectful at all, you know, you wanna like show up for. Yeah, but at well, the same I mean, time it's like there are probably people who were like, fuck you. I'm like, sure they were fuck you. I'm sure yeah. they were they were grinning and fuck you at the same time, which is all you can fucking do in this mm. situation. I mean, what else are they supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. So that is the Oxford sinkholes, mysterious mounds, and the tall tales unearthed. It's just a huge pile of shit. And it's <laughs> not, it's not, you know, it's not, what is it, unique to our area. This is happening everywhere where they're taking history that could have been like, they could have made it like a cool tourist attraction, you know, kept the integrity of it. They never found, like, they found, like, I think some, like, red clay um, pots or something up there and they never found like human remains like for a burial site but they didn't have time to explore it enough or the resources to explore it to find out exactly like what was up there before they just bulldozed it and used it for dirt uh it kind of reminds me a lot in columbus well it doesn't remind me a lot it just i thought about this because again this time my mind works that several decades ago there was a big um, deal in Columbus because Tennessee Williams uh, was born in Columbus and lived in Columbus for a little bit. And he had a house there and they took that house and literally moved it from its original location, which was like a street behind Main Street. And they moved it up to Main Street so that it becomes like the Welcome Center in Columbus. Mm. And that's just, I don't know, I guess relocating it and making it something now is better than keeping it there and letting it go to rot 
I don't know. I am so conflicted about this, and I'm sure. Well, especially not just to be dirt, though. Like, let's at least do what we have to do to see if it is what it is. And mm-hmm. if it's not, use the dirt. And if it is, then do what you said. Find right. what's there to be found and use that as and part use- of, like, the history. I mean, I know that and there's also some controversy digging into mounds at all and, and, right. and, you know, of course, relocating burial things that people have up over the years. And mm-hmm. if you find bodies there, then leave it alone. Right. Put something there to preserve it. Right. Again, because there's dirt around here. But, yeah, I mean, like, for real, like, where else am I going to find enough dirt? Yeah, and after just down the road, there's like one of those church dirt filled places, like not far away, you know. Or just like maybe the dirt right beside it, like you know, there was a pond there. Why don't you just dig some more and make it a bigger pond? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of it came down to, and and I was reading like the most one of the most recent. Are they presidents of the CDA or whatever? Oh, I it was talking about like, well, we bought it; it's ours. We're not going to pay extra to go get dirt from somewhere else. And we've got this perfectly good mound here. Oh. That's basically what he said. I'm just like, you know, you've already destroyed it. So, you know, rip. But that whole area in Oxford obviously used to be like a village. And mm-hmm. it's probably there's all kinds of interesting things. And that's there's a whole nother village site that I didn't even talk about that's right there. Um, Chakalaka. And of course, like I'm sure if anybody knows anything about history in this area, they're probably cringing the hell out of me like talking <laughs> about it. But I just find it very interesting, like uh, how rich in different things we are here that we just totally whitewashing over and that we're using it to like lure industry for box stores yep strip mall by the interstate mm-hmm. not saying that i don't use it just so gonna say. you know I, I can't be a hypocrite that way went there today <laughs> and bought me some toilet paper <laughs> um but you know i think there there definitely could have been a better way to do that to respect both instances or both sides instead of just like ignoring it because that's a, that's basically what they did it's yeah. like after like so much shit was raised up by the public, they're just like, well, we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's not our problem. It's like, we're just sitting here and we already paid the people and it's on them. You know, they just like, well, we don't know who bulldozed that. I find the backtracking on the archaeological yeah, that, that's part of UA. Very, yeah. That's very suspect, isn't it? I mean, I just find well, it's it. it's also like just kind of. Not they, something oh, that you would expect no, from an academic group, I, I wouldn't. You know? So I'm like, were they overzealous at first? And like, yeah, 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 this is. And then they're like, really, we don't have anything to support what we just said. So we have to backtrack. Right. I would lean, I hope to lean toward that. Yeah. yeah. Instead of like. Versus buyout, payout. Yeah. Like a, a yeah. donation to their department. Yeah, exactly. New scholarship fund. Mm. Oh, God. But yeah. But, you know, I don't think anybody's surprised by this. Um, the whole area you know, was swept by Andrew Jackson and all the tribes, people that lived there during the time were on the Trail of Tears, marched down the Trail of Tears. So it's so, it's so shady. Shady! Shady. Well, it's a good story, though. It is. Yeah. It's one that I didn't know the details of. And yeah. So thanks for sharing. I'd like to know more. Yeah. And I'm hot. Like, what I, the hell? And I, I would, de- I'm going to definitely put the links up there so you can follow. I haven't found anything recently. I was trying to find somebody, re- but I'm sure, like, Oxford's trying to keep everybody like not thinking about it and I'm not you know 
there's nothing really that can be done now. Yeah, I was going to say there may not just not be anything. There's no no recourse. I think they did have something recently with one of the tribes, um, uh, the Creek tribes, ribbon cutting or recognition or something. And I meant to look that up and I totally fucking forgot about that. So that may be like an after talk. All right. So thank y'all so much for listening to me blather on. Thank you. Thank you. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.